Chapter Thirty Six of the Wild Huntress. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Sylvia M. B. in Washington State. The Wild Huntress by Thomas Maine Reed. Chapter Thirty Six. The Horologe of the Dead Horse. With inquiring eye and anxious heart, I turned towards the spot where I had left my companion. To my joy, he was still upon his feet and coming towards me i could see blood dripping from his fingers and a crimson stained rent in the sleeve of his buckskin shirt but the careless air with which he was regarding it at once set my mind at rest he was smiling there could not be much danger in the wound it proved so in effect the bullet had passed through the muscular part of the left forearm only tearing the flesh the wound did not even require a surgeon the hemorrhage once checked the dressing which my experience enabled me to give it was sufficient and kept slung a few days would be certain to heal unpleasant as was the incident it seemed to affect my companion far less than the words that preceded it the allegorical allusions were but too well understood and though they added but little to the knowledge already in his possession that little produced a renewed acerbity of spirit it affected me equally with my comrade perhaps more the figurative revelations of the indian had put a still darker phase on the affair the letter of lillian spoke only of a far country where gold was dug out of the sand california of course there was no allusion to the salt lake not one word about a migration to the metropolis of the mormons suwanee's speech on the other hand clearly alluded to this place as the goal of the squatter's journey how her information could have been obtained or whence derived was a mystery and though loath to regard it as oracular i could not divest myself of a certain degree of conviction that her words were true the mind ever prone to give assent to information conveyed by hints and innuendos too often magnifies this gypsy knowledge and dwells not upon the means by which it may have been acquired for this reason gave i weight to the warnings of the brown-skinned sibyl though uttered only to taunt and too late to be of service the incident altered our design only so far as to urge us to its more rapid execution and without losing time we turned our attention once more to the pursuit of the fugitives the first point to be ascertained was the time of their departure if it wa'n't for the rain said the hunter a kid a told it by the other tracks they must a made some higher in the mud while totin our things to the dugout the darn rain's washed em out every footmark of em but the horses what of them they could not have gone off in the canoe i war just thinkin of them the one you seed with stebbins must have been hard i reckon and from kip's stables be like enough the skunk took him back the same night and then come again without him or kip might have sent a nigger to fetch him but holt's own horse the old critter as you call him that does need explaining he must have left him ahind he couldn't have took him in the dugout besides he wa'n't worth taking along the old thing war clean wore out and wouldn't have sold for his weight in corn shucks now what could they have done with him the speaker cast a glance around as if seeking for an answer ah he exclaimed pointing to some object on which he had fixed his glance yonder will find him see the buzzards that old hoss past praying for i'll be bound it was as the hunter had conjectured a little outside the enclosure several vultures were seen upon the trees perched upon the lowest branches and evidently collected there by some object on the ground on approaching the spot the birds flew off with reluctance and the old horse was seen lying among the weeds under the shadow of a gigantic sycamore he was quite dead though still wearing his skin and a broad red disk in the dust 
opposite a gaping wound in the animal's throat showed that he had been slaughtered where he lay he's killed the critter musingly remarked my companion as he pointed to the gash just like what he do he might a left the old thing to some of his neighbors for all he war worth but it wouldn't a been hick holt that did it he wa'n't particular friendly with any of us and least of all with myself though i never knew the exact reason o it exceptin i beat him once a shootin at a barbecue he war mighty proud o his shootin and i riled him i reckon he's been ugly with me ever since i scarcely heeded what the young hunter was saying my attention being occupied with the process of analytical reasoning in the dead horse i had found a key to the time of holt's departure the ground for some distance around where the carcass lay was quite dry the rain having been screened off by a large spreading branch of the sycamore that extended its leafy protection over the spot thus sheltered the body lay just as it had fallen and the crimson rivulet with its terminating pool had only been slightly disturbed by the feet of the buzzards the marks of whose claws were traceable in the red mud as was that of their beaks upon the eyeballs of the animal all these were signs which the experience of a prairie campaign had taught me how to interpret and which the forest lore of my backwoods comrade also enabled him to read at the first question put to him he comprehended my meaning how long think you since he was killed i asked pointing to the dead horse huh, you're right stranger said he perceiving the object of the interrogatory i were slack not to think of that we can easy find out i reckon the hunter bent down over the carcass so as to bring his eyes close to the red gash in the neck in this he placed the tips of his fingers and kept them there he uttered not a word but held his head slantwise and steadfast as if listening only for a few seconds did he remain in this attitude and then as if suddenly satisfied with the examination he rose from his stooping posture exclaiming as he stood erect good by thunder the old horse hain't been dead above a couple hours look later stranger the blood ain't froze i kin a most fancy thar's heat in his old carcass yet are you sure he has been killed this morning oh quite sure and at most three or maybe four are gone see thar he continued raising one of the limbs and letting it drop again limber as an eel if he'd a been dead last night that leg had been stiff long afore this quite true replied i convinced as was my companion that the horse had been slaughtered that morning this bit of knowledge was an important contribution towards fixing the time of the departure it told the day the hour was of less importance to our plans though to that by a further process of reasoning we were enabled to make a very near approximation holt must have killed the horse before going off and the act as both of us believed could not have been accomplished at a very early hour as far as the sign enabled us to tell not more than four hours ago and perhaps about two before the time of my first arrival in the clearing whether the squatter had left the ground immediately after the performance of this rude sacrifice it was impossible to tell there was no sign by which to determine the point but the probability was that the deed was done just upon the eve of departure and that the slaughter of the old horse was the closing act of holt's career in his clearing upon mud creek only one doubt remained was it he who had killed the animal i had conceived a suspicion pointing to suwanee but without being able to attribute to the indian any motive for the act now no replied my comrade in answer to my interrogatory on this head twere holt hisself sartin he couldn't take the old horse along with him and he didn't want anybody else to get him besides a girl he'd no reason to a did it she'd a been more likely to a took the old critter to thar camp seeing he were left behind with nobody to own him though he wa'n't worth more'n what the skin ud fetch him he'd a done for them our injuns well enough for carrying thar traps and things 
no twan't her nor anybody else sittin holt hisself he did it if that be so comrade there is still hope for us they cannot have more than four hours the start you say the creek has a winding course crooked as a coon's hind leg and the obion most part of same it curls through the bottom like the tail of a cur-dog and nigher the mississippi it don't move faster than a snail'd crawl art no run of the river it'll not help em much they have a good spell of paddlin' afore they get down the mississippi and i hope that durn mormon will blister his ugly claws at it with all my heart i rejoined and both of us at the same instant recognizing the necessity of taking time by the forelock we hurried back to our horses sprang into our saddles and started along the trace conducting to the mouth of the obion End of chapter 36